Good morning and welcome to Current Radio. It's Friday, December 22nd. Today we're discussing Cisco's plans to acquire cloud-native networking and security startup Isovalent and what we can expect from the space industry in 2024. Plus, reports suggest that Hyperloop One is shutting down and Apple has halted online sales of Watch Series 9 and Ultra 2. All this and more, up next. Welcome to Current Radio's Technology Station. Please enjoy today's selection of technology news. Cisco has announced its intention to acquire Isovalent, a startup specializing in cloud-native security and networking. Isovalent has been instrumental in developing eBPF, an open-source technology that provides developers with deep insight into the operating system layer, and Cilium, which offers visibility into cloud-native applications. Celeste, can you give us more insight into this acquisition? Sure, James. This acquisition is a strategic move for Cisco. Isovalence, eBPF, and Cilium are key technologies that provide visibility into the cloud world, which is increasingly software-driven. Tom Gillis, the senior VP and general manager of Cisco's security business group, likened the role of these technologies to that of a hardware appliance in a cloud environment. They allow for a high level of visibility into the inner workings of an application and the operating system itself, enabling security inspection and connectivity control. That sounds like a significant enhancement to Cisco's capabilities. How widely used are isovalence technologies? They're actually quite popular. Cilium is the default connectivity and security component for Google Kubernetes Engine, Google Anthos, and Amazon EKS anywhere. It's also being used by a number of large enterprises, including Adobe, Bell Canada, Capital One, Datadog, Palantir, IKEA, and Sky. Isovalent also plays key roles at the Cloud Native Computing Foundation and the eBPF Foundation, where they are big code contributors. Interesting, but how might this acquisition impact the open source community and the companies that rely on these technologies? That's a valid concern, James. Acquisitions involving startups built on popular open source projects can potentially cause unease. However, Gillis has assured that it's in everyone's best interest for the open source components to continue to thrive. He likens it to the situation with Kubernetes, which was created by Google and then open sourced. He sees eBPF and Cilium as an open standard that everyone can participate in and innovate on top of. That's reassuring. And it seems Cisco was already familiar with Isovalent before this acquisition? Yes, Cisco had participated in Isovalent's $29 million Series A at the end of 2020 and its $40 million Series B in 2022. This acquisition is part of a larger trend for Cisco, which has been quite acquisitive this year. This represents the company's 11th acquisition and the fifth related to security. It certainly seems like Cisco is making strategic moves to bolster its security capabilities. Thanks for the insight, Celeste. Now, let's look skyward to 2024, an eventful year for the space industry. Despite challenges faced by many space companies, there were several tailwinds that could make the coming year one of the most eventful so far. Celeste, what are some of the key events we should be looking forward to in the space industry in 2024? Well, James, there's quite a lot to look forward to. For starters, SpaceX is expected to conduct even more Starship tests. Despite both tests in 2023 ending in mid-air explosions, they were considered profound successes thanks to SpaceX's culture of quickly and iteratively improving hardware. The company made significant improvements to the ground infrastructure and the launch vehicle, including an improved launch mount design, a water deluge system, stites, and upgrades to the Raptor engines. We might even see a full orbital flight plan pulled off next year. That's certainly something to watch out for. What about lunar lander missions? 
Yes, 2024 is set to be historic in terms of lunar lander missions. More private companies will attempt to land a spacecraft on the moon next year than ever before. Companies including Astrobotic, Intuitive Machines, Firefly Aerospace, and iSpace are all set to take their shot. If even one company is successful, it will make history. The year will kick off with launches from Intuitive Machines and Astrobotic, which could both attempt a landing in the third week of February. That's truly exciting. And what about advancements in satellite operations? Indeed, a huge portion of space startups are interested in increasing the number of things a satellite can do in space. Next year, we expect to see more demonstrations from startups looking to execute state-of-the-art satellite operations. For instance, True Anomaly will be demonstrating rendezvous and proximity operations with two of its Jackal satellites early next year. In-space logistics startup Atomos Space will launch its first two orbital transfer vehicles that could eventually help reposition satellites in orbit. Japanese firm Astroscale is partnering with Rocket Lab to launch a spacecraft that will conduct an orbital debris removal demonstration. And Varda Space Industries will bring home its first in-space manufacturing spacecraft, which successfully grew crystals of the drug Retonavir on orbit. And what about other players in the industry? Are there any other exciting tests and developments we should be looking out for? Absolutely, James. Apart from SpaceX, there are several other companies looking to make their mark in the launch market. We're especially excited for the first launches of Blue Origin's New Glenn, Rocket Lab's Neutron, and Sierra Space's Dream Chaser space plane. We're also looking forward to updates from Stoke Space and Relativity, both of which have rockets that won't launch until later in the decade. And let's not forget the second flight test of ABL Space Systems' RS-1 rocket. It's clear that 2024 is shaping up to be a landmark year for the space industry, with so many exciting developments on the horizon. However, not all tech sectors are experiencing such a boom, as evidenced by Hyperloop One, one of the longest-running Hyperloop startups, which is reportedly shutting down after raising and spending hundreds of millions of dollars since its inception in 2014. Celeste, can you give us more insight into this? Certainly, James. Hyperloop One was originally backed by Richard Branson's Virgin Group and was part of the tech industry's attempt to bring to life an idea Elon Musk first proposed in a white paper in 2013. The concept was to build lengthy vacuum-sealed tubes for transporting people and goods at super high speeds. However, aside from a few tech demos and test tracks, the idea has yet to fully materialize. I understand that Hyperloop One went through several changes including a legal dispute between its co-founders. Could you elaborate on that? Yes, Hyperloop One indeed went through multiple transformations. After Richard Branson invested in 2017, it took on the name Virgin Hyperloop One. However, following Branson's criticism of Saudi Arabia in the wake of Jamal Khashoggi's killing in 2018, Saudi Arabia withdrew a planned project with the startup, and Branson stepped down as chairman. So, what happened after Branson stepped down? Dubai port operator DP World ended up with majority control of the startup and shifted its focus to cargo in early 2022. This led to a reduction of half the staff and the dropping of the Virgin moniker. According to Bloomberg, DP World will end up with Hyperloop One's intellectual property, while the rest of its hard assets, including a test track outside Las Vegas and other machinery, will be sold off. It's quite a journey for a company that started with such ambitious plans and a reminder of the risks and challenges that come with trying to bring innovative ideas to life. Thanks for the insights, Celeste. In a surprising move in the tech world, Apple has officially removed the Watch Series 9 from its online shop due to an ongoing patent dispute, 
with the Apple Watch Ultra 2 similarly unavailable. Celeste, can you shed some light on this? Absolutely, James. The patent dispute in question is with health tech company Massimo. The conflict centers around an optical image sensor used to monitor a wearer's heart rate, a technology that Apple has employed since the arrival of the Series 6 in 2020. Massimo has accused Apple of not only infringing on its patent, but also poaching key talent, including Massimo's chief medical officer. That's quite a serious allegation. But why has Apple decided to remove these products from its online store now? Apple is currently in a presidential review period regarding an order from the U.S. International Trade Commission on this intellectual property dispute. While the review period won't end until December 25th, Apple is preemptively taking steps to comply should the ruling stand. This includes pausing sales of the Apple Watch Series 9 and Apple Watch Ultra 2 from their online store and retail locations. So what does this mean for customers who are hoping to buy these products? Well, customers can still buy the entry-level Apple Watch SE, and the Series 9 is still available through other online sources like Amazon. The wearable will also still be available at physical Apple Store locations until Christmas Eve. If a customer already ordered the watch online for an in-store pickup, they can still do so through December 24th. However, if the order stands, Apple will continue to take all measures to return the affected Apple Watch models to customers in the U.S. as soon as possible. It's certainly an unfortunate situation, especially during the holiday season. Thanks for the insight, Celeste. With that, we wrap up our stories for today on Current Radio. Looking forward to bringing you more updates tomorrow.